to Sugarberg Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, I am Joe, who was previously mentioned. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> I never know what the fuck to say. Like, do I dive into like some fucking great joke or do I continue to explain <laughs> the premise of the show, even though it's very, it's been said. Do I say the name of the song that the listener already knows because they can read? I don't, I, you know? Anyways, <laughs> now we're here. Can the listeners read? Because I canonically cannot, so. You canonically can't read? Yeah. In the, huh. ca- in the canon of Caitlyn, I cannot read. Huh. I must have missed that detail. I need to make a Caitlin recap podcast to, to <laughs> uh, truly get to the, the deepest lore. Let me refer you to my wiki, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. We are back at our, I was going to say favorite jokingly, but I actually rather enjoy this song, so I don't know if I should dunk on the record as a whole. We're back to save rock and roll. We are this week. indeed. The record. Last time we did the title track in closer and we had wheels make fun of it for us Mm -hmm. um and i'm forever grateful and now we're we're back to a different track that i'm going to just keep saying some random words while i look up the album track list so i can say that it is track seven on save rock and roll i like this song i also like this song remember I think it was on the Save Rock and Roll episode. I don't know. There's been so many times where I've said eventually we'll get to Save Rock and Roll songs that I like. Uh, but this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. That was a that podcast. Was the, that was the podcast. You're <laughs> welcome. Great. Miss Missing You is the name of the song. I learned today, uh, looking up notes for this, that it started as uh, a solo song that Patrick was making. I don't know if that means it was for solo hiatus yeah yeah uh he also did an ep i don't remember i think that came first um but i don't know if if that means he was writing it pre-hiatus or during the hiatus but he said this this feels more like a fallout boy song i want like this this song gives me the vibe of like you know joe should be doing this and i want to hear pete's words on it so he set it aside and then they came back to it uh for this record and i as the resident soul punk fan of probably every everyone online i can super hear it especially like in the first verse the the synth that's under the vocals and like the sporadic almost there's no tempo to it yelling that's like in the distance i i like it i don't know what else to call it but uh <laughs> it's it's good it kind of reminds me of um some similar sampling on uh, some early Lana Del Rey, which is a weird pull, but I'm a big fan of it. Um, but yeah, I think I think this song is is good as a Fallout Boy song and merging that gap from what Patrick was doing before and coming back into this new Fallout Boy sound. Whether you like that sound or not is neither here nor there. But I like this song quite a bit. Yeah, I have always found this to be a bop. It is a bop to the top. It. Wipes away my inhibitions. God damn it. I'm furious currently. Um, <laughs> um but I that I that I was literally just so blinded with rage I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um 
Oh, I I think this has always been one of my favorite Save Rock and Roll songs. That might have just been the point um, that I was trying to make. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's no, a, I like it's a, good it a lot. Song. I think it's like I think both sonically, like sonically, it's very uh, up my alley as far as like where my weird like synthy pop uh, feelings lie. Mm-hmm. But I think also like lyrically, there's not a lot that I have issues with. Yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward and barring like maybe one lyric I'll talk about in a little bit, it's relatively like genuine and not mean spirited in the way that uh, Pete can be when he writes about uh, the former people he'd been with. Yeah, it feels I guess if we just want to like get into it. That is what we do on this show, I suppose. We often do, yeah. <laughs> My note literally says, uh, I think this might actually be a good emotionally healthy song, question mark. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's it's not in the same vein as the Mania song that we did, the last of the real ones. Because I do, I stand by my weird feelings on that song. But Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like, it feels like a partner to that song in the other direction. Where it's like, it definitely feels like someone basically saying like, yeah, I miss the sensation of missing you. But like, that's a good indicator that like, I am good now. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a very like, nice sentiment coming from this fucking band who like, can (laughs) never seem to let go of any goddamn thing ever. Which is, you know, a sentiment that I can sometimes relate to, but... I mean, same, but, like, get it together, boys. <laughs> Relating to it isn't always necessarily saying, this is good. Yeah, Sometimes no. it's, oh, no, I know exactly why this sucks. Yep. This song, for me, like, instantaneously teleports me back to, like, the passenger seat of an ex-girlfriend's like a little red car at a very specific moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that moment being the summer this album came out and I was an asshole then <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> uh, super care for, I don't know. I I was an elitist about music a lot. And I think I definitely had a lot of like, Oh, I don't like the poppier fallout boy songs, which is also not true. Cause all of the music is poppy. I was just an asshole, but it, it, pretty much like instantaneously reminds me of that sentiment which is interesting because that's already bittersweet by itself and then the song being basically about that sentiment of like looking back on a thing in in that sort of way i grew up in florida and so the summer in florida like the lyrics of chlorine kissed summer skin is like yep i know exactly that sentiment that it connects with me in a very specific way it's it's there's a lot of moods in this song. There's, yeah. But I do also like the sentiment of, like, the you were my picket fence. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I've definitely, like, had the feeling, I guess, of, like, assuming someone is going to be, you know, like, the like the quote-unquote picket fence or whatever. Like or the, or the, like the dream. Or, yeah, or like, like, uh... like, the one that you're going to, like, settle down with mm-hmm. in some way. And then, like having that maybe not be the reality but like kind of like ending up being okay with it and like not in a shitty Mm -hmm. resentful way but just being like no i can kind of put this to bed yeah and that's it's it's good to 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 to, i think or i think i would say it's good to have those feelings like this is for the best and that sentiment of like i'm i miss that missing feeling is 
in, is interesting. Um, for me, I, I sort of relay it as like I, I, I myself personally um, hold on to a lot of like I always find a way to have fond memories of anyone I've really had a connection to. Sometimes it's a detriment. Sometimes it's not. Uh, it just kind of depends on where I'm at and uh, the time that it's been. Uh, even even if like the person that this song makes me think of, I don't know if I ever would have said like, oh yes, this is this is the one, this is the picket fence, as the song um, implies. I don't know if that's because I was just so young, or alternatively, maybe I did and I don't remember it because I, you know, as I, I'm still young, but I would say when I was younger, uh, younger than I am now, I, I would say like I had a bad habit of feeling like every relationship was that way and. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a thing Pete Wentz and I have in common based on some lyricism he's done. But <laughs> it's 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 almost like regrettably relatable to relate to in this song. I I I have to connect that also to like the second pre-chorus where that sentiment comes back around into the lyric, uh I'm the best you'll never have. Yeah, which is that's like... kind of where I get a little <laughs> bit iffy on mm-hmm. it a bit. But yeah, I mean, I guess this is hard too because the song, like, I was listening to this song in a very particular, like, moment in my life also, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I listened to this song my freshman year of college a lot. And mm-hmm. then there's one relationship that this reminds me of to this day, but that didn't happen until, like, a little while later. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially, man, I'm having a time because I... This song is very relatable as of like the past 48 hours for me. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck. I'm like, damn, big mood. Okay. I, I, I texted you earlier today and I was like, this episode is an episode for us. I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, this, I'm honestly so surprised that I wasn't drunk texting you this weekend, but I didn't. So everyone, I, I, he, I don't know if this is staying in the episode, but everyone should be proud of Caitlin. If, it if does. I was drunk this week, I would have been drunk texting you. So don't worry about it. I just, because like, I'm honestly shocked that I didn't. Because thinking about it, I'm like, this is a very Caitlin yelling at Joe at the club <laughs> kind of experience. I think instead I like vaguely yelled at my friend Emily over Snapchat for like two minutes at like 1 a.m. Valid. It's all valid. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, this is what friendship is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's just like, it's it's a very close to home song in a way that I think a lot of Fall Out Boy songs are not completely for mm-hmm. me. Like there's a lot where like, I'm like, oh, this is a mood. But this one is like one where I'm like, oh, okay, this is like directly an experience yeah. or at least speaking to an experience that mm-hmm. I have had. This show has made me really think a lot about how I have related to uh, Pete Wentz lyricisms and Fall Out Boy songs and sort of realize I'm not as related to some of them as I thought I was or as I was when I first heard them, which is uh, an interesting sort of Patrick Stump voice growing up thing. But <laughs> it's it's also like, oh, yeah, I, I have matured beyond what young Pete Wentz was yelling on Take This to Your Grave uh, and that's probably that's definitely for the best or whatever and then coming back around to this song and being like oh no it's uh, it's all here like it's still like this one i didn't relate to super strongly when it came out and now i i have the added experience to look back on it and be like oh no <laughs> ah <laughs> i have feelings about things yeah feelings about things is I mm-hmm. wish that see i wish we had titles cuz that would have been the title for this episode feelings about things 
Yeah, it's... That'll just be all the description says. Just feelings <laughs> about things. This week, Sugar, we're going down podcasting. We have feelings about things. <laughs> yeah, let me... I feel like I'm, like, bouncing all over the place because I'm, like, just now in this moment realizing, like, how deeply relatable this is, especially because I took my notes, like before this weekend and now i'm like these oh, mean yeah. nothing <laughs> this is this whole new context <laughs> everything is different now <laughs> that's uh i promise that, that's i'm a, fine but I, yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm not conveying that i am fine but like i'm fine yeah that's the that's the old parasocial oh is this the only thing people are getting out of me thing uh but it's <laughs> it's just bad <laughs> jokes and bad feelings uh-huh it's interesting how quickly songs can connect to different things and different like events and and people in in this case uh and like uh dan campbell um with ace enders just put out an album it's like six songs but, I, but it, they wrote a bunch of songs about friday night lights which I have never seen and have no reason to to personally care about, but loving uh, Dan Campbell and other things he's done with Ace Enders, I listen to it, and a lot of that is still weirdly relatable to me it, just because of how it's written and what it conveys. And it, it's, interestingly, or it's interesting how easy it is to just hear a thing phrased in a way and be like, it me. Like, that's, like, I know that this is about football or some shit, but, like, it also, <laughs> like, connects to me and my, like, PTSD or whatever. Um, and that's super wild. And the being able to come back to this song over just a matter of days and be like, oh, yeah, and I, it's all here now is, I don't know, music's cool. <laughs> music is neat. I need to listen to more music that's not fucking fallout boy um that's still primarily my spotify currently is all like my heavy rotation is my sleep playlist and um various fallout boys patrick and pete i just don't ever want anyone to see it <laughs> <laughs> like whenever i pull it up at work i'm like um no everyone one please know. avert your eyes for a moment while i pull up a safe for work bot playlist <laughs> Safe for work, meaning no one will judge me for how much Fall Out Boy I listen to. Yep. It's just weird to have a Fall Out Boy song that, like, I'm not... It, it's not a problematic a problematic bop. Like, it's just not a questionable bop. It just, like, it just speaks to an experience very well and is, like, mm -hmm. the only... Yeah, the only line that I, like, truly have kind of a problem with, as my notes say, is the best you'll never have... It was a line. Line is a little sus, but way better than their other angrier shit. <laughs> it's almost like docile enough where I'm like, if you know that it's someone still has feelings for you, but you know it's for the best to not pursue it. Like maybe you, like it, it's it's almost like well, that's a very Pete Wentz lyric. Yeah, it's, it also just there. seems like it almost just seems like he. What is it? Where there's that joke where it's like you you just couldn't let it end nice. It's like that, like, it just kind of feels yeah. like, like, he just had to throw, like, a little bit of petty in there. That's like a core Pete Wentz principle, I think, though. Yeah. For for better or for worse, I mean, I do think that is partly why we've attached so much to, to Pete Wentz's lyricism and, and why we're here today. Like, that is that is a quality of him that I think, even if we come to critically and say, hey, stop it, it's almost, it's also like... I don't know. I think we thought it was more endearing, and then we put all these songs under a microscope, and we're like, huh? 
Yeah, Be- I do. I do kind of wish that like this could have just been the song that got to be nice. Um, yeah. Do they have a? Do they have that? I don't know. I think if if like I think the maybe that's what Pete went when he, Pete went mint when he said like uh last of the real ones was their first love song because he didn't put any petty bullshit in it. But then we still had our own sort of criticisms of it being unhealthy. Maybe, maybe that's what he meant. Like, that was the one time he didn't, he he let it, quote unquote, end nice. I don't know. Because, like, that one line, I'm just like, ugh. I, we were mm-hmm. so close. And then <laughs> we almost made it. And then you just fucking, you just fucking had to do it. It's still Pete. He still thinks highly of himself. He's and still fucking Pete. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even... Like, like in this instance, it's almost just like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't pull me out the way. No, that it's it, more it like could. a, it's more like an irritating shoulder tap as opposed to like being shaken and screamed at. <laughs> yeah, just like a casual <laughs> reminder of a, uh, of where we're at. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I feel bad that I feel like I have not really said much about this song, but I just, mm-hmm. it good is generally my vibe. Yeah, I think uh, m- most of the lyrics are, like, except for the, the ones that we've really mentioned, I think the lyrics are, are good. Uh, Patrick delivers them very well. I think uh, my notes say that uh, this is another song that makes, like, a really, like, a galloping rhythm that just goes for the entire song. I also refer to the guitar, bass, and drums connecting, like, Lego pieces <laughs> because it's just just such a connective sound. yeah. I think I also kind of like that, like, the progression of the lyrics kind of makes it feel like a timeline of a relationship with, like, the beginning definitely feels just like the beginning of the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the middle part kind of feels like in a movie, like, about relationships when you have, um, like, a flashback, you know, like, like in a rom-com or whatever, like, you have a flashback to back when things Mm -hmm. were good or whatever. And then, like, it kind of gets back into the, like, presence of it, I guess present of it which i think is like a nice way to format it yeah it works really well to to convey like like sonically i think it complements what the song is about and there there's some like interesting word choice uh throughout it in the first verse like cue all the love to leave my heart it's time for me to fall apart is interesting just because like like the, the annotation on genius.com please sponsor us uh <laughs> points out that like it says all the love like maybe it means love in general not specifically for the person the song is about. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing where it's like, well, if this doesn't work, like, what can work? Like, that's, you know... A, I mean, that's a, that's a mood also. It's a, Yeah, I was like, it's not like a healthy sentiment, but it's like a real-ass sentiment. What was that goofy-ass voice you just said? It was straight up, like, I recorded God of Memorized earlier. I'm still in the goofy mindset. <laughs> uh, yuck, this ain't gonna work. You hook Pete Wentz. <laughs> this is what happens with me and Max's mom. <laughs> Fucking Goofy and Pete Wentz sitting on the shore, ne- like next to a beach, and be like, "Well, I think it'll work out, Pete." You just <laughs> Interstitial like... <laughs> season two spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, no, like that's a, that's a real mood that I think, um, e- e- like even people knowing that, like that's the bad to think. It's it's like definitely a thing that uh. I think 
plenty of people have, have felt. Yeah, well, I think it lends to that feeling of progression as well, especially since it's at the top of the song of, like, mm-hmm. when it first happens, you're just like, this is, like, I will never be able to do this again. And then, like, the, literally the next line is, now you're gone, but I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, like, a good pacing yeah. as opposed to, like, last week when we talked about West Coast Smoker and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this feels very, like, conceptually together in a way that I actually do find very clever. Yeah. Just to fit our quota of, like, one joke in the episode, <laughs> I, there, I, it's almost hard for me to take this song super seriously because the chorus includes a song, or, um, includes a line that says, the person you take a bullet for is behind the trigger. And, like, I, yeah, it's like a, a touching sentiment of, of betrayal, um, but I do just always think of fucking pull the trigger piglet. <laughs> and I do hope that I don't, I don't have to say any other words for everyone at home to I, know what comic I mean. I was thinking of the meme that you can't even trust yourself meme. Also good. Um. Yeah. <laughs> oh, should but we, yeah. should we talk about the video? Yeah, we can move on to the video. It fucking sucks. It's yeah. It opens up with. Some spoken words that I think are by Courtney Love. Um, it doesn't. I couldn't find fucking confirmation. Uh, it just reminds yeah, me of it the is, song it's that not she's credited on. easily anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that this is this is part. What is it? Ten of eleven of the yeah of the narrative, the Youngblood Chronicles. There is a few a few things that I am like maybe you could read into, and I'll talk about them. Mostly it's just uh, Pete running away from Patrick, and then they fight, and both of them Oh, wait, die. shit. I might have watched the wrong video then. Oh, no. Because what I watched was not that. So I guess one of us will talk about one of them, and one of us will talk about the yeah, other one. Yeah, because the first one that pops up is this, like, illustrated skull one that is from Fallout Boy. Oh, let me look. I thought that was just the audio. It's like, it's like... I've never clicked on it. It's the audio, and then there's, like, there's weird shit happening in the eyeballs of the skull. Which is why I was oh, like, this yeah. video is garbage. Yeah, this is just them uploading the, the audio with a sort of a visualizer. Not really. It's Well, and it's weird, because I was super pissed off at this video, because I watched it, and I was like, so the, so the thing is, like, it's like this Ed Hardy-looking-ass skull... And then mm-hmm. in the eyes, there's, like, all these images of, like, older musicians, like, the Beatles and stuff. And it at first I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And, like, I was expecting it to, like, turn into something else. But it doesn't. It just continues cycling through those pictures of old musicians. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is now went from, like, something that I thought was vaguely clever to just being, like, once again, like, very ham-fisted bullshit. And I'm very mad at it. That's fair. <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be anything. <laughs> Well, like, it just, it felt, like, really purposeful that, like, because, like, when you watch the eyes, it's all, like, specifically, like, the Beatles and the Stones and, like, Mm -hmm. and given the, like, context of Save Rock and Roll and kind of the questions that we had had about, like, what they actually think of their role of saving rock and roll is, Mm -hmm. I was like, huh, they're trying to say something. And then I was like, no, they're just stupid. Yeah, I don't think they were trying to say a damn thing. <laughs> I was so f- I was so furious. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this like real quick. So they're in the desert. <laughs> live, live react. 
This is another one where I also don't know the context of the rest of the quote-unquote story. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. This one this one takes place right before the last one we talked about, which is, yeah, this is part 10 of Piecing 11. Piecing it so this together, is, slowly so that, yeah, but surely. If, if we continue to roll them in reverse order, that's extremely funny to me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, this this leads up to the video that we talked about last time with Wheels. Oh, Patrick is big man. Patrick's got like a glaive, which I don't really know why. It's a base oh, handle the... with a blade on the end. Wait, the yeah, Pete has a sword that is made out of a fretboard. Uh, Patrick has a hook on his hand. Um, Patrick has there's the... a child in a car looking very afraid. Mm-hmm. They're running through a trailer park. I don't super care for the depiction of the trailer park. Um, well, because is this supposed to be like post-apocalyptic? Because it's like, it, this doesn't even look like a trailer no. park. It's like hella cars. No. Oh, there's a trailer. There's I've seen one trailer so far. Also, there's there's a lot of weird religious imagery happening now. There's a dude sharpening a knife, I guess. I don't really know what's going on. He's, I don't know what's happening. I hope this is good radio. I I do too. <laughs> you could just watch the video with me. <laughs> well, no, because I'll probably cut out the long silence. Oh, there's a weird pool now with a bird cage over it. What is happening? Oh, there's a kid with like an alligator floaty, just like fucking going ham in there. What's in that briefcase? Well, <laughs> it's funny you ask. <laughs> uh, oh wait, we saw seen... that briefcase in the next one, didn't we? Isn't that uh-huh. where? Isn't that the briefcase that they open and murder everybody with? Mm-hmm. Same briefcase. Pete, why do you have that? Have you ever seen the film Pulp Fiction? I have, but I remember none of it. Well, it's a reference to that, and they never tell you what's in the briefcase in either piece of media. Well, because isn't it in the in the last video, doesn't the scary cult person like pull the scythe out of that briefcase? I don't know if they pull it out of the briefcase. I think they just have them. I might after. have to watch that video again because I swear they took it out of there. It just kind of looked like it, but I never, I never presumed oh. that's what we were oh. seeing. Oh, they, they fighting. Mm-hmm. Why Patrick got a hook hand? Did they explain that? I don't know if "explain" is the right word. <laughs> we, we witness it. Well, Pete died first, so Patrick is clearly the victor. Has anybody spliced all of these videos into one film? Uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> Thank God. It's like, I mean, it's the length of the record, but if not well, a little bit longer. because oh, of well, they're dead. Gaps. Yeah, these, they both die at the end of the these video. These people are taking this briefcase. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're the, well, okay, so there's one of the Courtney Love ladies, and then a Mohawk lady who doesn't look like any of the other Courtney Love ladies, but they mm-hmm. seem like they're in an alliance of some kind. Yes. They seem to be friends. They they are seen in earlier videos. Working with, let me check my notes here, two chains? <laughs> Alright, well I have now successfully watched the actual video. Yeah. There, um, there's, there's also not much to it because most of it is just shots of, of Patrick chasing Pete and them fighting and yeah and like the weird like old car parking lot slash eventual mm-hmm. trailer park 
Yeah, and like some of the cars kind of look like they're in like a junkyard too. It's like a weird yeah, mishmash of weird. aesthetics. I feel like it's also hard since I'm not familiar with the like cinematic universe of this. <laughs> because like there's a it lot doesn't of deserve like that kind like, of uh... there's like a lot of post-apocalyptic imagery in this, but I can't yeah. tell if that's what's actually happening. Because it's Certainly like one not. person just like watching the television in their home in a gas mask. No, I think it's just they wanted everyone in this park area to just be weird and i don't super dig it <laughs> i don't i don't get it it's weird mm-hmm. yeah the the opening spoken word is mostly whatever it's just like some fun like kind of mad max at the beginning-esque narration, narration. yeah there's uh the last line of it that i i think is relevant for my reading of the video, if I were to pretend it has um, any point, uh, the last thing that she says is, knowing that they would pay to remember the past, he blew out a hot breath and said, burn it all. Um, which I do think is how they are looking back on their music before this moment. Uh, and they would pay to remember the past being, you know, Fall Out Boy fans. Um, and earlier <laughs> in these videos, there is imagery of fallout boy going to burn all of their like there is oh their records or whatever yeah and like all of their stuff just in one big bonfire do they explain why patrick is norted slash a vampire whatever monster uh, thing he there's is like a, there's, yeah there's like an evil cassette tape that if he listens to it he just he just gets real mean <sighs> i'm not joking <laughs> i j- <sighs> we'll get there <sighs> This is this is my favorite subplot of uh, Sugar We're Going Down podcasting is like slowly like being like, no, 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 this, all these videos are here. Oh, my God. Um, OK, because. Uh, OK, I let me gather myself after that. Um. <laughs> While you're gathering yourself, um, the other the other thing that I would would talk about in this video is at the end when they are like. The, the the last bit of fighting that Pete and Patrick do, um, all the people that we've seen in the in the park form a circle around them and are like cheering them on. Yeah, it's like a fight, fight, fight. Yeah, and there's other flashbacks to other videos mixed in, which I guess you wouldn't have the context to know. They're nope. also black and white, which doesn't help. Um, the whole video, the, oh, the whole video is in black and white. <laughs> yeah, it was also confusing to me because like some of the scenes looked like they were happening like. Like, it was the same scene repeating, but, like, from pr- a previous time. Mm. And, yeah, like, so this came out in, like, 2015, right? This music video? Yeah, they made these videos for a while. Um, okay. Actually, uh, 2014. 2014. Yeah, 20, yeah, which was, I mean, this is a year after the album came out. God, I can't believe they really committed to this goddamn bit. Where is... <laughs> so, Why okay. couldn't we get this... Out of My Chemical Romance's Killjoys, they wanted to make all those music videos for that album. I would have given a shit about those. Yeah. So I guess, like, the thing, like, I I know you don't read it as post-apocalyptic, and the timing doesn't work because this movie actually came out after. But Mm -hmm. I definitely, with the narration at the front, and then just, like, the weird black and white shit, and, like, the gas masks and all the just, like, weirdness. And again, I don't have the context of the previous shit. It wouldn't help. But it definitely did give me like if like if like Mad Max 
if Fall Out Boy had gotten to do Fury Road, I feel like it this would is look it. like this. <laughs> yeah, this I is. I can't it. believe I can't believe Mad Max Fury Road is just a Fall Out Boy ripoff. <laughs> Wild. Better. But better. Uh, yeah, this yeah. sucks. This is uh-huh. like I again. This deeply applies to the part of me that likes just like weird, kitschy, vaguely creepy shit that's like incredibly cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like the part of me that likes Repo the Genic Opera likes these videos, with the exception of or the caveat that I do think that Repo is actually genuinely good despite being also kind of bad whereas this i'm just like no it just scratches that particular itch but it's like critically Mm -hmm. bad Mm -hmm. that's that's there for me like i do want to watch this movie (laughs) after after uh we've we've gone through the whole record we'll have to sit down with the 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 master tapes of all of them in one video and just like hang out let's do a commentary track special yes that'll be her reward i want to watch this film before we watch the prestige honestly like (laughs) We also got to do that at some point. I do want to watch The Prestige, but I g- actually deeply want to see this film. Mm-hmm. What I, what I was going to say about the the people circling around them is I had like a spark of a thought be like, can we in- interpret the people cheering on this fighting even when they both die? Can like can we interpret that as how they might have felt um during the hiatus and people like speculating why and and their breakup and I mean, I maybe know. it seems it's the only reason that read is a little bit hard for me is like all of the people that you see in the video kind of seem like out of it in some mm-hmm. way. Like they don't seem to be like registering that Pete and uh, Patrick are running by them until that part. Like yeah. everyone they run by is kind of doing their own thing because there's like the guy with the kid on a chain who's like abusing the kid on the chain. And then there's like the guy in the pool who's like fighting the alligator floaty and like the older person who's like doing weird stuff with knives. Mm-hmm. Um and like none of them like register them really. Like even the person in the gas mask, like watching TV, like they run through that person's living room like directly and they like don't yeah. react in any way. And so like the only time you see that interaction is like when they're fighting. So it's really weird. And like I don't I don't know if there's a depth there just because of like the way that the rest of it is framed. Mm-hmm. I I could pot- potentially almost use that to further justify the reading I had, just because because if if anything it would be them trying to represent what it felt like for them, not necessarily um the reality of the situation. There's yeah. a lyric that that made me think of because it seems like potentially the 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 most poignant way to phrase it uh but there's a lyric in a Nate wants to battle song called take me anywhere uh where it says ignore the rise but everyone sees you fall and that sentiment obviously is you know predates him saying it uh but i think that could be maybe uh what they would be trying to represent with that like no one really paid attention until there was this for no better choice of words fallout between the boys <laughs> And, like, suddenly everyone was, was in there paying attention yeah. to it. Yeah, well, and I almost wonder, too, if you could read it as, like, no one was there to, like, pay attention to, like... The, the, the signs the, like, of them having issues Yeah, because, like, the whole thing is, like, Pat, Pete, like, clearly being in distress. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, no one giving a shit about it mm-hmm. until it's too late. But also, like, 
that's that's a weird sentiment considering like how do you even if you notice the signs of a literally a band having issues like what do you what do you what do you do? as a fan do other than be like hey hope you guys are okay yeah i don't i don't know it might have just they might just be representing how they felt without trying to do anything about it i think that's a a generous read maybe it's a stretch it's just kind of like well if i'm gonna pull anything out of this video that's that's what i see i really i all of these videos i think i've decided i just really hope that there's not actually that much thought put into it and it really is just like pete and patrick trying to make like their weird like religious imagery fury road thing because like i'm way more Before into fury that road. Yeah. yeah, like I'm way more into like whatever weird pulpy like Spawn meets Fury Road shit this is than like mm -hmm. any like deep sentiment they might be trying to have. And that, I think that's more likely too, based on all the other videos I have seen. Um, I think it's 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 easier to be like, no, this is just like they told a dumb story. Oh, I, I mean, know. it's absolutely easier. I don't even know that I believe that they went the easier route just because like pete once but i prefer that <laughs> yeah because like literally all of the messages that we've gotten from this i'm like i hate this so <laughs> we spent so long talking about how much we liked this song and then now we get to end on the note of eh this video sucks <laughs> like it's i i like it if it's if we if we get the more stupid fun reading um mm -hmm. if we draw any meaning from it i immediately don't like it <laughs> that's the caitlin motto <laughs> yep uh i think i think we have i think we have uh concluded our conversations about this fallout boy song we had our deep heart to heart we made fun of uh this video i live watched this video <laughs> that is true that also happened i i think uh i think we can call it an episode which means caitlin Yes, Joe. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on twitter.com at CGNARs. And if you're interested in any of the other things that I produce, uh, they are my pinned tweet. You can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J.O. You can also find the other podcasts I do there and also on the Orange Groves Podcast Network, where this lovely show is hosted. You can find yeah. more about the network, uh, other shows, and how to support the network at theorangegroves.com. Pay money to the Patreon. Yeah, you can hear the things that don't end up in these episodes. Oh, you can also tweet about the show with uh, hashtag FOBcast. If you look in the show notes and description of the episode, you can find a link to the Spotify playlist for the pairings that i i pair a song with each song with each follow-up boy song we talk about i just completely skipped over the one i paired this week um but all i have to say about it is it makes me think of the same point in time that uh miss missing you does it's also very good yes and i think that's that's the end of the things we have to plug so caitlin yes is this more than you bargained for yet it ended up being <laughs> <laughs> Once you had to watch two videos. <laughs> when, I had, when I realized that there was more than one video and I was furious at one and confused at the other. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will see you next Wednesday with another random ass Fall Out Boy song. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>
Hello and welcome to Bed Bath & Bionicle, a show where I call Joe my friend Hi. at 7 a.m. my time and talk to them about the wonderful world of Bionicle. Let's mm. go through a quick quiz, Joe. Mm. Um, tell me, any member of the Toa Mata. Uh, is that the first one? It's the first one. Uh, Kopaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <coughs> <laughs> potato. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's two. Taco Nuva. You can find more of this riveting information over at Bed Bath & Bionicle Nirvana? on your local podcast app. <laughs> That's not. It's a band. <laughs> Airing every Monday. Check us out. <laughs> I'm so sleepy.